Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and your face masks, and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Carrie the Mockney. And I'm K-Muse. Now, don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have a monthly episode we release exclusively for our Patreons. You can find the link in our show notes. And our patrons also get an exclusive invitation to our Discord server, where we chat daily about the dramas we're watching, participate in group watches, and support each other in our drama addiction. We'd love to have you join us. And this month, we are the group watch is Just Between Lovers. It starts the first week of November. We watch two episodes a week until it's done, and we chat about them. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. I am so glad that we do this. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot of fun to have such a community just to chat about dramas. So, mm-hmm. and it really has become a community. Like people are talking to each other because, you know, we've got people from all over the world. So we've got the Australians comparing notes about like, how to survive summer with dramas and um, all the rest of us are going, yeah, it's not summer here. Yeah. (laughs) And um, we've got the Europeans who are like, and we'd like licensing rights for these shows, these shows, and you know, and so much more. It's just, it's been great. So we are going to discuss Rainless Love in a Godless Land, which is a Taiwanese fantasy drama. And just a real quick synopsis from mydramalist.com. All the gods will be leaving before the last reign of doomsday. However, an ordinary human girl unexpectedly puts a dent in their plans to retreat, thus causing the world to move towards the unknown. Based on the animistic mythology of the Amas tribe, the gods are no longer willing to bless the land that is plagued with environmental issues. One by one, the gods depart the world they once loved. A human girl discovers that the opportunity to reverse her destiny lies within herself and her guardian. Before the final day of judgment, a love story between a human and a god unfolds. So before we really get into this, I'd like to talk about the difference between Taiwanese and Chinese dramas, because to me, there's a very noticeable difference. And I will give, first of all, I don't have a ton of experience in Taiwanese dramas. This will be my second completed one. I have tried a few others. But the biggest thing I've noticed is Taiwanese dramas, when they do the humor, because like I tried Triad Princess last year. That's the one with uh, Jasper Liu in it. And, and it was on Netflix and I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Cause I had some extra time and just the humor was over the top and it's not crass exactly, but like there were at one point there was some gangster who ended up on the floor in his leopard print underwear. I'm just like, you know, this is not my kind of humor. This is not for me. And I'm not <laughs> knocking the underwear. Well, okay. Leopard print underwear. I will always knock, but it was just, it was so clownish and the way they were talking and the way the plot was moving, it was very over the top sitcom humor. And I did not like that. But the year before I had watched the ghost bride also on Netflix. And that one was about a girl who got married, who got paid to get married to a wealthy family's dead son. But then it became more of a trip than that. Like it, it went way deep and the cinematography was gorgeous and it was only six episodes, but I got really pulled into the story and it, it dealt with a lot of mythological elements, especially concerning the underworld. And it was a lot of fun. I really, really liked that. One. Well, not fun, but it was just, it was an intriguing, well-told story and very different from the comedy that I tried with Triad Princess. And so then to go into Rainless Love in a Godless Land, I'm getting the same vibe that I was getting from The Ghost Bride, that this is going to be a more serious. It's going to be more mythology-based, which I love mythology. Like, that's that's my catnip. I love mythologically-based dramas. That's why I go for the urban fantasy a lot. It's just, it's what makes me happy. And it feels very different from Chinese dramas. 
because a lot of Chinese dramas, when they do their mythological dramas, they're usually wuxia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most most Chinese fantasy takes place in the historical dramas and the present day. I'm trying to think because like, oh, the day of becoming you, that was probably. There's some present day stuff, but with all of the restrictions the Chinese government has put on them, mm-hmm. they really have to be very specific in their fantasy elements. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm wondering how this will affect Taiwanese films in the future. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about how firmly the Chinese government regulates the Taiwanese entertainment industry at this point. So I'm not sure how they're being regulated at this. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Anyone knows anything about it? Send us links to YouTube or give us information on how this works now that China's taken over Taiwan. I'd be interested. Yeah. I'd be interested too, because I can feel the difference. Like I love Chinese dramas, but they are definitely more grounded in reality and they're kind of, they're very formalized, formalized and cleaned up. That's, that's what I was looking for. Whereas the Taiwanese feels more relatable and it's more not gritty, but just more, there's just, there's a difference between Taiwanese and Chinese dramas. Chinese feel very idol idealized in a lot of ways. And Taiwanese dramas feel more relatable because they feel a little more realistic to the experience. Uh, mythology aside. And then there's the whole playing into mythology that Taiwanese dramas, the ones I'm watching get to do versus Chinese dramas. So for See, me, most that's of my experience watching Taiwanese are with the really early 2000s dramas that came out. Uh, like the fated to love you. Um, there's all kinds of really great ones that about four years later, K dramas remade. And Uh. most of the time I actually like the Taiwanese versions better. I know you don't like the humor, but I think especially with extended casts and family and all that, they were able to bring a warmer feel and connection with family than a lot of the Korean shows could because they have their very specific first lead, second lead family members have to act a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's not that chaotic family that classic Taiwanese dramas promoted. And so I really like the old ones. Then they kind of went in where they did a lot more comedy-melodramatic amnesia kind of stories. (laughs) And that just kind of put me off. So I stopped watching Thai dramas. Um, But yeah, I decided to give this one a try because it had a really cool name. That is literally the reason why I gave it a try. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you push play on this one? I'm trying to remember. I think, I think the same as you, I think just the rainless love in a godless land that sounded interesting. And you had said, cause I don't think I started watching it before you yeah, did. I, I think started watching something. it before you and I created a channel in our discord so we could discuss it. Mm-hmm. And then I think you jumped in a few days later. Yeah. So. And, and some of our patrons were watching it and really liking it too. Yeah. There's yeah. just, there's something else about this one. And I will say Real quick that, yes, I know someday or one day probably also has similar, a similar vibe to the, 
to it. It's not got the cheesy over the top sitcom stuff. And I've been told I need to watch it and I will get to it. I promise. (laughs) So, but yeah, the cool name. And one thing I do, I can't, I can't decide whether I like this or not, but there's one episode a week. So it's not like China where you get six or seven episodes in a time. Mm -hmm. So it's one episode, but one really long episode. I want to say it's like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. about something like that per episode. So you definitely cover a lot of ground in just one episode. And I don't know, it's working for me because this just isn't a show I feel like binging. I'm enjoying having the time in between to contemplate it. Mm-hmm. So And savor it. Yeah, absolutely. It just, yeah, there's it's a slower pace, a little bit slower pace, and it's more thoughtful. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we have to talk about the leads because a lot of this comes from our leads, Joanne Seng and Fu Mengbo. I probably slaughtered that and I'm so sorry. <laughs> you did a better job than I would have, so <laughs> it's all good. I'm going to call them female lead and male lead. <laughs> well, we could call them by their names. Um, Tian Ti is our female lead. And um, Orad is our male lead. And again, kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> find our female lead and the rain god that she's been hanging I can out call with. Call him rain god. That works. Okay. I just I butcher Taiwanese even worse than Korean names, so I'm ah, not going to try. Good to know. <laughs> so all right. So what are we thinking about them and their chemistry? And I have to say, um, with our female lead, I could see where she could be the overtop comedic because she's very devoted to saying thank you to the gods for everything, every good thing that comes into her life and praying for what she wants. And she's she's got a very bright personality. I'm not going to say bubbly, but she's very bright and just she's happy. And I really like that. And then our our rain god, who has been hanging out with her. We're doing spoiler free right now. But he's he's in her life and he's he's kind of got the stoic, not unfeeling, but just kind of the stoic facade thing going on. And even though she's bright, but not bubbly and he's stoic, but not unfeeling their chemistry, I feel like it's palpable. I think they work really well together and I can't wait to see them. I'm assuming they're in game. I'm assuming they're the OTP since they're the focus. And I can't wait to see that happen. Well, and I really like that both characters have a gravitas to vibe to what their performance is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like it's just one dimensional. It feels like they have, you know, she's bright and bubbly, but she also has a lot of, um, what do you call them? Like wounds, emotional Mm -hmm. wounds that have happened through her life. And that comes across, even though she's putting a bright face on things. And she also has a lot of experiences where, you know, she might be faithful to thinking that these deities are real and have kind of a religious vibe with them, but, you know, it interacts with her, her positive outlook to create a really strong character who you care whether she's going to be around or not, whether she's going to get her happy ending. Mm-hmm. And whether it's with this guy or not, you know, you care about them and them together, you care about them as a couple, even though they're not a couple yet. 
because this is like our first impressions mm-hmm. and we have not watched all the drama. So we don't know where the story is going to take us, but I care about where their characters are going. So. Absolutely. Is the fantasy element of the story working? Why and why not? Uh, for me, I actually am enjoying it. I think the way they've decided to explain the fantasy and the way the deities are, and there's the main god deity, and then there's underling deities that are and kind of like, it's very much a office work kind of deity system <laughs> where everyone's in charge of something else and you have to go through the red tape to mm-hmm. be able to get your job done if you screwed up or and there's paperwork there's paperwork <laughs> so i i find that whole aspect it's kind of fun how they set it up it's not just this wavy random concept of a god and you don't know where the limitations are mm-hmm And I like that. We'll discuss later how sometimes not knowing limitations impacts negatively shows and compare, but I think they're doing a really good job on it on this one. Mm -hmm. I agree. I love the setup. This is one of my favorite um, divine setups where you have kind of, you have the all-knowing, all-seeing God who's out of the picture. But then you have the administrative level of the minor gods who are, who are running things and they answer to him, but they're doing the best they can with what they've got in their little office. And so there's even little bits of like office politics and just well, they're all- fallible. It's oh, yeah. not, they're not uh, omniscient. Yeah. So. yeah. And it's just, and they, they do their best to work together and you can tell some of them are more straight laced and others are willing to bend the rules. Like one of my favorites is the God of wisdom is married to like and he's kind of relaxed and he's introduced as a philosophy professor. He reminds and me of like a surfer boy. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and then his wife is working in the administrative bureau and like everybody's afraid of her because she's the one that cracks the whip and makes sure that everybody else is following the rules. So I just, I like that little connection. Yeah. So yeah, fantasy wise, yes, it's all working. And like, I like that they're being very strict about the gods have a very narrow range of powers, but they work those powers well within that narrow range. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into the spoilers. So this, if you're listening, which you are listening, this is the place where you pause and go watch the first two episodes if you don't want to be spoiled and then come back because we have a lot to talk about. All right. So we find out in, is it in episode one or episode two? It's episode two episode two that our leads actually have a very long history together but only the god knew about it so what are the positives and negatives to the start slash continuation to their relationship and i find it interesting because it adds a depth and you don't see it at first when in the first episode where we're meeting you know we get to know her we get to know him we get to know their situations and how they relate to the people around them and then to find out that they're that deeply connected and have been since she was a child i was just like oh, this is interesting. And I really like it. But then it puts kind of all the the power on his side because he has a greater, deeper knowledge and until she gets her memories back because he's made her forget. And yes, so there's a mystical comb. <laughs> yes, a mystical comb. It's like a pensive, only not. 
<laughs> yes, it's a comb. it sucks out the memories that you're mm-hmm. not supposed to know if you're a human. Yes. And he gets drunk, wakes up next to her, and they're tugging at the comb, and she breaks it, and she gets her memories back. So I like that there was a logical reason as to why she remembered, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just some random fate moment. Right. It didn't just kick in, but it uh, there was an actual outside action that influenced her getting her memories back. Yeah, and I just, it's kind of, it's going to be interesting to see their relationship development once she has her memories back, because like I said, at first, all the power was on his side, and so we'll see how it plays out going forward. So usually, I'm not the one to think about these things, because usually I'm all like, eh, I don't care about their ages and blah, 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 blah. However, I really want to like them because I like them in their characters now, but Mm -hmm. I definitely find it a little skeevy that he's been such an integral part of her life since she was like, what, eight, seven. Yeah. And now they're hitting a romantic relationship now. And it kind of feels like he's been emotionally invested in her for a while. And so just that whole aspect is a little eyebrow raising. I don't know. Okay, I will I will actually jump in and defend it. Because uh... okay, I I like I said, I've watched episode three and I'll try not to spoil for you, but they do show more flashbacks and he is purely just a guardian for her when she's a child. Things don't change when she's more of a teenager, older teenager. No, things don't change until it's, I'm pretty sure that she has graduated and that's when things change. Okay. So they become closer friends as she gets older. So there's a friendship there. There's a basis for friendship, but you can, I can tell there's a turning point and it doesn't come until she's older. So they're very careful about that. But I still think they're towing the line a little too closely for me. That is one nice thing about other shows is there is much more a definite break in when the emotions connected with the very older person in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Well, are you thinking of like Goblin? Well, both Goblin and Doom, we're going to re- talk about those later. Mm-hmm. Twilight, there's a definite, like, there weren't previous emotions connecting the whole schmuck of relationship before that first connection like the first introduction Mm -hmm. for most of them and I feel that this one there's just a lot more blending and you can say that it's not till she was magically graduated (laughs) but there was an emotional connection even before that whether it's romantic or not you know whatever but that emotional connection is what blinged into romance later on. And I feel like there's a lot more taking advantage of with her, him taking memories and all kinds of stuff that then there maybe is in other shows with a similar age difference deity story arc. Okay, I will sense? say this. Yes, I think episode three will make you feel much better about it. Okay, because right now after episode two, it's just kind of like, 
the guy definitely is the one in the know and she's kind of the one being screwed over her whole life and abandoned over and over and over again by this guy. Yeah, so. no, no. Episode three definitely clears it up. Okay. I promise. Cause I'm it better. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can come down and hunt me down and yeah. <laughs> because let's just admit that's kind of a hard sell when you have someone who's an infinite age older than you, mm-hmm. you know, and you're 20 something. <laughs> right. Cause we're younger. So yeah. Yeah. That we, we could go a lot of places with that. Cause like, I remember in twilight, like it was a big deal finding out that the werewolves, not the were whatever they are, the werewolves would have a soulmate that they connected with. And, yeah. but, but like it was an Insta bond and one of them had connected with a two-year-old, but they very clearly explained. And I think a lot of people just skimmed yeah, over this or shrugged it off. They have to clearly explain it because mm-hmm. they have to otherwise... explain it somehow, but still. But basically the point with the wolves was that they became the girl's perfect companion. And so when she was a child, they yeah. were her playmate, you know? And so I, I can kind of see echoes of this playing out in the relationship between our OTP where yeah. he's just, he's I think not just romantic with her information. I just feel there's way too big a power imbalance right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just doesn't feel equal at all. I think it'll get better. I have hope that it'll get better. And I think, yeah. I think episode three definitely cleared a lot of that up for me. They, they're still, we're not going to get it all right away. They're definitely kind of holding back on that, but I have hopes that this is going to turn into a pretty cool romance. (laughs) Yeah. At the older I get, the more romances have to be good. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not letting as much slide as I used to. So it's like, no, that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so there's a villain. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. hard to tell. She's kind of seems to do villainy stuff but is it to help humanity is it just to create chaos do we know (laughs) (laughs) what are your thoughts at this point because right now it just seems like she's kind of creating chaos it does feel that way but she let's see has she in episode two did she meet with our female lead in the tunnel yeah okay she gave her directions on how to figure out what's going on oh yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah i think she's helping i think she wants things to change differently she like wants to tweak the nose of the the god that's in charge so the one that we do not see Mm -hmm. maybe she's trying to save humanity maybe she's just a mischief maker that's still not clear to me but she's yeah mischief that's a good way to put it I'm not sure that I would trust her to do things for good or for evil I think she just does things because she wants to she's very much like a Loki kind of character yes exactly Loki comes to mind so but I'm wondering too I'm thinking about it ah at the end of episode three but she has a connection to one of those minor gods that's kind of interesting and I'm I'm wondering how that's going to play out and affect the story too. So maybe there'll be some layered story stuff or mm-hmm. growth. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So as the story stands, our leading lady is going to die if God has his way. Do we think that our leading man is going to change her fate? 
And even having watched as far as I have, I still don't know. (laughs) They do. I mean, it's been an interesting journey because episode three is a lot about her fate and what she intends to do about it. And there's a whole journey just in that episode itself about her understanding her fate and then what she's going to do. And there's also other layers about her past because we know from episode one and two that she's been abandoned. She was adopted. I, it took me a moment to remember that, but that comes up in three and she was adopted as a small child and that adoptive mother just absolutely loves her and she comes into play as well. And so I don't know what's going to happen with her fate because I don't know, this story just goes so many places that I don't expect and they make sense. And I would hope that he changes her fate, but at the same time, he's such a dedicated messenger of God that I kind of wonder if he's capable of changing her fate, you know? Well, and it's kind of, so the premise is, is God is taking all of his minor gods out of the world and leaving the world to fend for itself. And there's Mm -hmm. not going to be any more rain or water and everyone's going to die off is that kind of so it's the apocalypse is uh-huh. kind of what, doomsday the end of times yes and i'm not 100% sure is it because we brought it on ourselves or is it just destined time or i'm not and i'm not sure why her death signals the end and why she has to die at the last rainfall and they keep telling the story about the siblings with the rain coming out of them or whatever. And is mm-hmm. that going to come into play? I don't know, but they keep telling that story. So <laughs> I know it gets I'm so confusing. confused about the specifics. You kind of get a sense of the overall arc of what they're going for. But I feel like we're missing so much of the little details that I'm not quite sure what's going on. But at the same you time, know. I trust that it's going to go to a good place. There's a lot of details here. And okay, I admit I was in this same kind of position with Doom at Your Service in the first few episodes because we knew there was that a lot. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're way more optimistic than I am. I am because always optimistic. I have been burned way <laughs> too much on stupid fantasy story arcs that mm-hmm. they nev- they don't know how to end it. And so I'm nervous that this one is going to end really poorly. Okay. And that's fair because you're right. I mean, do at your service. That was, we don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. Okay. So now I'm pretty. Yes. (laughs) Well, okay. We do have this. So the writer of rainless love in a godless land is the same one that wrote someone someday or one day. And I've heard people say that that was an excellent drama. They were very satisfied with it. Okay. And she also wrote, she, he, they also wrote Attention Love, which I, I have haven't not watched any of those. So, I yeah, but know. it's got good ratings on my drama list. And we know that my drama list people are very, they, mm. they don't just give it five stars or 10 stars to give it 10 stars. Sorry, he, male, he. Sometimes they do if their favorite actors or actresses and they fan about it, <laughs> they'll just give it a high score just so it'll be high. Right. So I know I'm way too much a cynic. I don't trust my drama list ratings because <laughs> I've seen a lot of really crap shows rated nine 
because mm-hmm. it had a hot guy in it. And gotcha. so, well, this one, yeah. to be fair, this one has ratings from 5,000 people. So I would like to say with a sample size that large that maybe we're getting a fairly good idea. <laughs> I, again, uh, my the show optimism we're watching is- right now. No, no, no. From attention love. Oh, so one okay. of those writers okay. passed once. So it looks like he turned a corner because he's written a lot, but it looks like he turned a corner with marry me or not and attention love and someday or one day got really good reviews. And so I'm hoping that rainless love will also be good and that we aren't going to be yelling <laughs> at our end of year <laughs> podcast that we were burned once again. Yeah, I I've been burned too much. I'm a cynic in my old age. And so. yet you still keep watching. So there is some optimism in you. Eh, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> At least I'm not like invested with my favorite ride or die actor being in this because mm-hmm. it's 10 times worse when it crashes and burns when that's the situation. Mm-hmm. Or if this one turns out to be just, eh, it's like, oh, okay. Well, I watched it. I'm done. You know, <laughs> right. Without Check just mark. lamenting about what could have happened. Mm-hmm. So it's all good. There is a lot of potential here. I mean, the way it's been set up and just everything. And I mean, I've most recently been burned by Lovers of the Red Sky just because that setup was incredible. Those first two episodes and then the third and fourth episode, it was like, okay, what happened here? The pacing and I totally hear changed. It tanked even worse and down. <laughs> yeah, I dropped it at 10 because I was like, I don't see this going any- anywhere good. And some of our patrons were awesome and stuck it all the way through. And they're like, we don't even know what happened with the ending. Well, and I guess some of the patrons that watched it at Vicky before they fixed it mm-hmm. got just the copy that was this green screen version of the actors doing right? the performance. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Talk about a hot mess. Oh, I yeah. was not sad that I had not kept up with it. Yeah, I, I dumped that one as well. So as much as I love Paul on, I was just like, hmm nah I'm good yeah it's it's just yeah so there are inevitably going to be comparisons to Goblin and Doom at your service in Twilight (laughs) with this drama (laughs) do we think it will hold its own in that Uh, we've kind of been talking about it I I definitely think it has that older being falling in love with a girl who's much younger than him, less jaded, (laughs) you know, is definitely has that feeling. It doesn't feel as action focused as maybe something like Goblin Mm because Goblin was a lot more action, a lot more movement where this one seems a lot more encased in just a small area of these people's lives. Mm -hmm. It's, it's almost like a character observation rather than this some grand epic journey per se. Yes. And I'm liking that. I think it definitely works better. And by limiting the impact, it's a tighter story where I think sometimes when like, especially in doom where it tried to go really big and it just didn't work, you know, And so, well, that one, because the rules weren't laid out clearly. And I feel like in in Rainless Love that they're laying out the rules and the expectations very clearly. And whether that's just a natural outgrowth of having that divine bureaucracy 
in addition to having good writing, just I, I think we'll know better what to expect and how things will move going forward. And that was Doom's that was Doom's biggest problem. There was no end vision. There was no what are we waiting for? What's the expectation? Well, what no are the goals? Climax. Yeah. Like there was no movement in the characters and the plot and their personalities and their reactions. It was just a bland line of eh. And the amnesia so, served no purpose in Doom. Yeah, and you hope that it had jump started and it didn't. No. No, no. Okay, didn't. no, we're not gonna sit here and rag on Doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. Well, we still have some minutes to fill up. So <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's also but also comparing it to Goblin, there's also little things too, because like there is a ton of rain in Rainless Love. For something that the title starts with rainless, no, it is not rainless currently. <laughs> and so there's the umbrellas and the fact that our 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 male god is a rain god and he's always surrounded by rain. He always has the umbrella and he always dresses in suits. So there's a very strong goblin vibe there. And there's times where he's passing the lead female and they're both under umbrellas that just, again, brings the, the goblin vibe in. I think that's about where it stops, though. It's just we've got kind of a similar setup. And then we've got umbrellas. I was going to say, you look for Goblin in everything. <laughs> well, Goblin was my gateway. I do recognize that I have some favoritism going on there. I will say this, though. The, the romance in Goblin was not the strongest. Like, I was totally in it for Reaper and Goblin. The bromance made me happy. Yeah. But I think in Rainless Love, because the, the leads are more of an equal. Okay, he's a god. Equal age is not totally possible but as close as they can get she's older she's in her late 20s whereas in goblin you know untak was in her teens for the majority of the drama and that that was that part was a little hard to watch so i i'm i'll give rainless love props in the fact that at least the lead is out of high school <laughs> low bar <laughs> oh it's a really low bar <laughs> But well, still. and I am really enjoying that they do seem t she's more knowledgeable, it seems, in in just how to interact. He seems so alone and so isolated almost mm -hmm. that he doesn't know anything other than work. And she yeah. definitely brings a different atmosphere to him. And he is different in the two episodes that I've seen when he's around her. And yes. so you definitely know something's going on. And I guess we'll find out in episode three what that something is. So a little bit. Yes, a little bit. And Slowly. we'll get more flashbacks when he's around her before she's lost her memories. He is he's very warm. They have a really solid friendship and it's fun to watch. So I'm excited. I definitely want to see what's going on. Me too. So. But I think I think the pace too of just one drama or not one drama, one episode a week so that we can savor it. I think if all goes well, this will be a drama worth savoring. Yeah. And there's only 12 episodes. So that mm -hmm. helps a lot too. Yeah. Because if you have like 20 episodes, it's just like, oh, it's going to be filled with amnesia and <laughs> filler. And she's supposed to die in like five days. How lo long are you going to like stretch this out? You right. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many ways not can 24. You make it? It's not one hour per episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. No. And plus his interactions with the other gods, like the God of wisdom is hilarious. And he's kind of his buddy. So buddy. Funny. 
and just his commentary on their relationship and then watching him avoid his wife just it's only happened a couple times in three but just watching him avoid his wife and yeah well he's like the total gossip Mm -hmm. you know like how's it hanging dude (laughs) let's let's chill you know he's so funny he is. I like his character a lot. I like that actor a lot. I know I've seen him in stuff, but I can't remember what, but he's right. a funny actor. Well, it's good so. to know. Well, and there's the grandma too, because she seems to be kind of the Korean or the Taiwanese equivalent of a shaman. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I like the whole shaman aspect that they brought into it mm-hmm. and that the girl learned the chants and the traditions from her grandma. Mm-hmm. And that's what she does in her life when she's in having trials and I like that that brings the connection in with the god so Mm -hmm. it's not just he's randomly watching her but she always calls out to him and he always comes so yeah yeah is she's deeply rooted in spirituality so this makes sense it makes sense that she's comfortable communicating with a god and and she understands the stories and the traditions Mm -hmm. so yeah, I just yeah. There's there's a lot of good here, and if it's if it doesn't end well, I'm gonna be jumping on a plane and flying over and having words <laughs> with people. <laughs> just because the setup has been spectacular, and I'm trying not to like I said, burned by red skies. So I'm trying to not look through rose colored glasses at this point. <laughs> but yeah, I I just I have a lot of hopes, and oh my goodness, the OST. Have you listened to it? It's good. Yeah, it is so good. It's very it. pretty. It is. And it's just haunting. And it just, it pulls, it's hitting me right in the feels. This is like, this is the perfect drama for me right now. Yeah. And not just because I love urban fantasy in the fall, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, it just, this is good. I'm, I'm loving it so far and I'm hoping it goes well. I agree. I also hope that it continues to be good and doesn't suck. (laughs) Well, that's the eternal hope. I know. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. And if you're, if you've started rainless love in a godless land, we'd love to hear what you thought about that too. You can always reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or through our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 